It is now April, and that means we've gone through three full months of music. Some of it pretty good, some of it not as good. And honestly, a lot of it we missed because there's just so much music that drops every day. And, you know, clearly you're going to miss some things. But that's where I come in. I'm here to tell you some of my favorite projects of the year that you may have missed, you may not have missed, but they're my favorite projects so far. So, welcome to the Bar for Our Podcast. And this week, I'm talking about my favorite projects of 2022 so far, or Q1, or whatever long, exasperated title I want to go with. <laughs> if you're new here, welcome. I know a lot of you probably subscribed because of my reactions or my breakdowns or my reviews. So this video is a little bit different in that sense. But these podcasts I've been doing pretty much, I try to do it at least every week, but you know, I get busy or I don't have anything to talk about. So it ends up being every other week. Been doing this since 2018. And, you know, I usually talk about stuff in hip hop, stuff going on. Just things that don't really fit into one review or breakdown video. So, hopefully you stick around and enjoy these random ramblings I have. So, getting back on topic, we'll start with January. January started off, you know, pretty strong with Earl Sweatshirt's album, Sick. This dropped, I think, the middle of January, and I really enjoyed it. This project is definitely different from some of the things that Earl had done in the past and the subject matter as well is a little bit divergent not a whole lot I mean he does address some of these issues on previous projects as well but with this project what he did and what or at least what I feel he did and I mentioned in my review and I still feel this way is that this is very much just a pandemic album so what that means to me is, or at least in the context of this album, is that Earl was just observing what was going on, and the album is essentially just his observations. So, you know, clearly there's a lot going on between COVID and all the Black Lives Matter protests and among other things. So, you know, that affects people. It, it just makes sense, especially for someone like Earl who's just... He's the type of person that just absorbs what's going on around him. And I feel like he's very introspective as well. So whatever he sees going on, he may try to apply in his life and see like how that relates. But this album was good. I feel like it definitely encompassed a lot of the feelings a lot of people had uh, during that time. But it also doesn't go to the point where it's beating you over the head with it. Now... A lot of themes are definitely around what happened during the pandemic, but you could just listen to this outside of that context and it'll still be a pretty solid album. I do know a lot of people didn't really care for this album. They didn't really say it was bad. Like, like I think everyone's basically saying like it's good or pretty good. Like no one's saying it's terrible. And the reason they're not feeling it as much is because it is a bit of a departure, like I uh, alluded to. In terms of sound the sound is definitely more stripped back and less i guess less abrasive <laughs> but to be fair this is the sort of sound that i felt earl was going to go towards eventually 
just because of the people that he surrounds himself with. Like, I mean, he, he's around the Alchemist all the time. He's with Boldy James. Like, these are people who have a more slow flow and more. They're they're typically known for stripped down beats or drumless beats. So, this was something that I expected. The rhymes are still really good. Uh, the only, I guess, I think the thing that a lot of people noticed is that Earl is very clear here. Like, his voice is very clear, and he's getting his points across very clearly. So that also allows this to be one of his most accessible projects in recent years. Because Feet of Clay and some rap songs were hard to get into, to say the least. But once you got into them, you really liked them. Uh, continuing on in January, we have Ian Kelly and Hitmaker Dot with Long Way Home. Now, Ian Kelly, if you aren't aware, is from the Bay. And it, the, you know, just by default, have to like it. But this project is four tracks. It's a quick little EP. It's like 12 minutes long, and it's just great all the way through. It's something that I can just easily throw on and just vibe out to. And every track, especially the ones with a hook from Jane Hancock, just gets stuck in my head, especially Down Slow, which is now just <laughs> in my head, and it's going to stay there for probably the next couple of days until I listen to the song on repeat. <laughs> but it's a great project. It, a quick listen definitely check it out um yeah i don't know what else to say about it i didn't get to review it just because i was kind of busy at the time but it's it's so good it's yeah uh, this brings us to february which also start off really strong at the beginning of the month with saba who dropped a few good things it had been a little while since he dropped care for me i think that dropped in 2017 or so so you know this was highly anticipated by everyone like everyone kind of acknowledges it's like yeah Saba's good he's he's a really good rapper so you know anytime you have a really good rapper you just kind of wait for the next release right uh we did get a few songs in 2020 which i personally thought were going to lead to an album and i really enjoyed all those songs like they all sounded good to be fair though looking back now they do sound a little bit disjointed and probably would not have fit in an album but that's fine um, but with few good things, when it finally came out, or when it finally started rolling out, I was very excited. It because you know Saba is one of those people who has a lot of storytelling in his rhymes, and this album goes pretty much into that, like just right off the bat. And even like just the whole album in general is telling a story. the The easiest way to put it, like without just going off on like a whole tangent about it is that it's basically a story about Chicago uh, telling of him growing up his family and how they you know settled down in Chicago uh, the there is a short film associated with it which I highly recommend watching because it's essentially you could think of it as a, an extended music video and by having it just basically be that, you can kind of imagine what's going on in each of those songs. And it's just done very well. Like, you know how some music videos are just whatever. They're just going off on some random stuff, which, you know, you could just do for any song. With 
the short film, it really goes into it and expands on each song. And it makes it more fleshed out in my mind. So if you haven't listened to the album, or if you have, definitely watch the short film as well. Uh, also in February, we got a couple albums from Rue Shankle and DJ Basta, titled Rue and Deluxe Edition. Both of them are really good, but I've spent a lot more time with Rue specifically, and it's uh, it's so hard to explain Rue, but really what you need to do is just listen to them. These beats are just so, they're so vibey, <laughs> as, as lame as that word sounds, like it's the whole, both projects are a vibe. I do, I did say I spend more time with Rue rather than Deluxe Edition. Um, and that's just because I feel like it was a bit more um, complete. I mean, Deluxe Edition is literally a Deluxe Edition with more songs on it, which isn't a bad thing. Those songs are still really good, but Rue itself seems like a very complete project on its own. Uh, honestly, I would just recommend listening to it because I can't explain the variety of songs and sounds that you hear on it. I will say, though, that every time that I've driven someone around, and had it playing, they enjoyed it. And they were just like, oh, who's this? And that is Rue. <laughs> um, continuing on with the Bay Area theme, since Rue is also from the Bay, we have Dee Bledsoe, who did a project with Noble titled The Rich and Saucy. Now, this project is different from some of the things that I've heard from DB in the past, in the sense that it's a bit more experimental, and it's like he's not willing to, or he's not afraid to take risks with this project and it paid off i feel like yeah you may not enjoy every song on this project but i think there is something for everyone here and like i said he's not afraid to take risks and experiment like there are some songs that i just didn't really care for on it like um nobody like it's just the that's the sort of sound that i'm not really into but I know a lot of people are. So definitely check that one out as well. It's also a really short EP. I think it's like 20 minutes long or so. So definitely a quick listen. Now we have reached March. And March has the most projects that I've enjoyed so far this year. And I don't know if that's because March was more recent and I've just have all these albums in my mind. Or if they're just way better, <laughs> or if there's just more good projects here. But we start off March with Monty Draper's Communion, another Bay Area native. Uh, it's honestly, I had listened to it so much when it came out, and actually all of March. Um, like I, I have. If you have title, it tells you how many streams you've given to a particular artist, and for Monty. I've listened to this album way more times than anything else in March. And that's not even including the early listening link that I had for it. Like, there's a good maybe 30 to 40 more streams aside from what Tidal said. Uh, and it was crazy, like, how far ahead it was. But it's just a really good project overall. You get such a variety of production a lot of it is from Kevin Allen, but you do get a track produced by Rex Life Raj. And it's just, it's all good. Like, it's very concise, and it gets the points 
that it wants to make across. But like it, it it's just good. I really do want him to expand on it and make it a proper album because as an EP, yeah, it may feel like, oh, these tracks are disjointed, like in terms of uh, what they're trying to get across, but each track still flows well into the next one and it's just enjoyable overall. Like it's a great project. I mean, there's a reason I had it streamed so many times. <laughs> like just, just throw it on. You'll see what I mean. Uh, but there's also other projects that came out in March that I really enjoyed. And the one that was really close in running to my most streamed project of March was from King Crooked and Joel Ortiz, titled The Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse. Now, I'm not going to get super into the whole Slaughterhouse drama because that's kind of been done to death. And I think everyone's done with it, especially Crook and Joel. Like, they, they don't really want to go into that anymore. But even aside from all that Slaughterhouse drama, it's a really good album. Like, there's just so many good raps on it. <laughs> like, you already know that Joel and Crook are going to bring in some of the best lyrics that you can see, like, here out there. Because they're obviously part of Slaughterhouse. But also, they did the project hard back in 2020. And it's just... I feel that if you take all the slaughterhouse stuff out of this like or if you go into this without the whole mindset of oh this is a slaughterhouse project or they're dissing slaughterhouse you still get really good rhymes like honestly a lot of these tracks you can take out of context and they'll still be good like yeah they they address royce and joe whatever but even without knowing what was going on like you still feel the impact and i think that's great uh, this brings me to <laughs> one of my favorite albums this year, and it's honestly a lot of these track projects are gonna be on my list uh, by the end of the year. But this one almost certainly will be on it. Denzel Curry, Melt My Eyes, Your Future. That album, it's so good. It's Denzel is one of those people who takes his time with a major project, and it generally pays off the last major project he had was taboo and that dropped in what 2018 i think so you know it's been four years which for a rapper of denzel curry's caliber and popularity that's a little bit long so what he does in the meantime is drops other projects to hold the fans over so he dropped zoo and he dropped unlocked and unlocked 1.5 uh essentially projects that you know they're still really good but they're not at the same level as these big conceptual albums and i mean that makes sense you're not like if you're making these conceptual albums it's gonna be really hard to do it every year or so like it's, it's not easy but this album is great i did recently review it but um Generally, I feel that the whole title of it is that he's calmed down. Like, he's found a place of zen. And now he's, like, looking to the future. He's taken in everything that's been going on around him, which, again, could be considered, like, this could be considered a pandemic album, but a little bit different. Like, the pandemic affected Denzel in a way that he 
like he's just like looking into himself and he found himself or he's like essentially opened his third eye sort of vibes so it's it's a really good listen um it is a it is a departure from the sounds that you may know denzel for uh, i i remember i was talking to one of my friends who <laughs> he said i don't know if i like this album because he went to, like his first time listening to it was in the gym and he was expecting a very hard-hitting banger filled album and then he got real life shit <laughs> which you know i get it you expect something more aggressive from denzel but especially if you're going into the gym but i still think it's a really good album um the last major album that just just snuck in just you know in q1 although technically it released april 1st but the original date was slated for march 31st is from sadistic and no bring me back when the world is cured this album is great uh sadistic is one of my favorite rappers and no is one of my favorite producers and the last time they came together for phantom lens back in like 2015 or so it was great and i loved it but this album just takes it a step further the production on this is amazing and it's honestly probably the most unique production out of everything else i've listened to or listed here like if you listen to the cunning linguists which is the group that Noah's part of that's the sort of production that you're getting here like or at least that's the closest thing i can compare it to and it's just it's unique it's great like honestly every time sadistic drops it's always different but you know it's like a it's not different in the sense that like oh it's super stark and like oh this is what is this i didn't like this one because it's so different from the other one it's like a slow transition um <laughs> it's almost like he's going from the more aggressive and i guess sad boy raps to more artsy sad boy raps as bad as that makes it sound but no but for real though this was a really good project and i can't wait to listen to it some more and honestly i can't wait to see him in oakland uh in a couple weeks it's gonna be great um but that about wraps up the projects i really enjoyed there are a couple other ones that dropped in march that i want to at least acknowledge because they were good i just didn't listen to them enough yet and those are from Elzai, Tile Zeitgeist. Uh, Elzai's Detroit, Detroit rapper. He's been in the game for a while now. And I only listened to this album a couple of times, but it's really enjoyable. It was solid production and just top tier bars. To be fair, though, that's not for everyone. <laughs> like these just top tier bars over really pretty beats, essentially um so that's why i haven't really returned to it as much but also i just had other things on my plate i had to check out denzel and sadistic but um it's really good honestly um if you want a review for that uh, let me know um my boy eric from hip-hop babies hit me up about a review uh so we'll see if we can get something going uh the other project that i want to address for march is uh larry june and jay worthy's project two peas in a pod i haven't listened to this enough but i enjoy larry june and it you know it fits the vibe <laughs> like larry june is one of those artists that i can just throw on when i'm driving or just 
doing anything and just vibe out to because it's just almost always the production is what gets me but also he just sounds so smooth on everything and then him working with jay worthy is just great because you know jay worthy is pretty solid as well um but yeah those were those are the couple that i wanted to mention from march just i haven't listened to them enough but they were still good now now we have some albums that i just either had high expectations for or i just didn't care for as much uh starting with corday's album from bird's eye view i don't know what it was like i i think i really enjoyed it off of the first listen and then the second listen got less interesting and the third got even less and in, less interestinger like it, it just started to drop off for me and i don't know what it is about it like Corday is not a bad rapper by any means, and the production was really good. It's just, I guess he, I he couldn't hold my attention long enough. Um, as bad as that sounds, like it's still a good project, and I mean, there's a handful of songs that are still good on it, but you know, it's it's weird. I don't know what it is exactly about it. Uh, but yeah, that was uh one of them. The other ones that I want to bring up are gonna be interesting to say the least because they're projects that i feel like if you've been following this channel for a while you may be surprised to hear of uh, or well you may have kind of figured it out as i was listing off these projects that i i did like but conway the machine god don't make mistakes i don't know what it is like i i was very excited for the album i even really liked the uh, mixtape that he put out prior to the album but for some reason, the album itself, I only listened to like two times, three times, and that was it. Now, I don't know if it's because I got everything I needed out of it, and I was like, all right, cool. Because you know, kind of like when you go to a, go and watch a movie, and you're like, all right, that was a good movie. I don't want to, I don't need to see it again, but I enjoyed it. Like, it, that's kind of the vibe that I got from that Conway album. Like, he tells you a lot. And he goes through a lot. And it's probably one of his most, I guess, personal or introspective albums. But, you know, something about it just didn't really make me want to return to it as much. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I was, I'm trying to think about it, like, why that is. But I, I, there's just something missing to me. Like, I've been a really big fan of Conway and Griselda. But... I don't know. Something's just missing right now. And that feeling continues on with Benny's album, Tanatok 4. Like, Tanatok 4 was good. It was definitely a good project. But again, it just didn't hold my attention as long. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was like the, uh, the lead single, Johnny P's Caddy. Like, that almost felt like a misdirect for the album. Because you get a very soulful beat and a really great feature from J. Cole. I mean, obviously, Benny's going to do his thing, too. But it just kind of... It, it almost went back into the typical Griselda format. Like, it, it, it wasn't bad, but it's just like... Maybe I was expecting something else, and this is what I got. But I'm also comparing it to Tanatok 3, which was amazing. So, you know, that's entirely possible. I think a lot of other people may feel the same way. Like, because I felt that way with 
the plugs I met too. Like I really enjoyed the original plugs I met, but then two just kind of like, eh. So maybe it's just like if you're gonna have a sequel to an album, your expectations are just really high, and it just falls off for you. But something that I was really realizing as I thought about these two projects is that I actually really enjoyed Westside Gun's projects more than these two. Now, is that because Westside Gun didn't really, or well, I don't know if he did, but maybe he didn't have as much say in these projects? Like, because with every Griselda project prior, at least for the most part, I believe, Westside Gun executive produced it. So Westside Gun is essentially like the brain of Griselda you could think of, like at least artistically, because he he's just really good at picking beats and sequencing. He's just a really good executive producer. Like he he ARs perfectly. Like I'm thinking back now and I'm like, yeah, I didn't have Hitler Wears or Mez eight A or B on my top ten last year, but both those projects were better than what Benny and Wes, uh, Conway had put out. And that's just weird. Like, it, you, you know, like, because for the longest time, I didn't put Westside Gun up that high. But, you know, like, because, you know, you, you hear a guy yelling, going, do, 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 and just doing ad libs all the time. But, and like, you, you're just kind of more focused on the rappers, like Benny and, Conway but then when you take that away from Benny and Conway it's like there's something missing like it's hard to explain but I don't know if anyone else feels that way but that's that's just something I was thinking about and it's it's weird I felt relevant because Benny and Conway should be should be mentioned on my list like there's if you asked me like two years ago and if they had put out these projects two years ago, maybe, like, they would definitely be on this list. And I would not stop talking about them. But now I'm just like, eh. Feels like there's something missing. Either that or I've just grown out of the Griselda sound. I don't know. Um, But that about wraps up all my thoughts, I think. I've, I mean, it's almost the 30-minute mark, so we'll end it there. Let me know in the comments below what you think of my favorite projects i mean opinions are opinions but you know <laughs> i'm curious to see what you guys think and if i've missed anything or just forgot another album like let me know because there's like i said there's so much music that came out I, you can't listen to everything it's hard you can't listen to everything and form an opinion on it it's very difficult um but yeah let me know what some of your favorite projects are that dropped this year uh also if you stuck around why don't you uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already. It really helps out. With all that said, thank you for watching and please stay safe out there.